Welcome to All In, a podcast where business owners share their stories of being all in with Jesus Christ. The podcast that you're about to listen to was an interview done by Shay Bynes and her podcast, Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. In this, she interviews Lee Ray Heine, and he talks a lot about his walk with the Lord and what drove him to create Jesus Christ CEOs. Lee Ray Heine, sir, how are you? I am blessed. I am blessed, Shay. How are you this morning? I am doing fantastic. This is, uh, I feel like this is a conversation that's been a long time coming. You and I connected originally, I think, two years ago when our mutual friend Rich Marshall got together yeah. some of the guests from God at Work and we had a chance to connect then and then to reconnect a couple months ago when we got together again in Orlando. Yes, so, yes. so pleasure to have you and so thanks for taking some time to talk to me today. Oh my pleasure. Looking forward to it. Okay. I I have to start here because when I saw it, it compelled me. So I was hanging out on your website. Okay. And when I went to your website I saw the following words. Lord, I have tasted the best this world has to offer and don't desire more of the same. Therefore, I make this covenant with you. Time is precious. The Lord's work is much. I will not spend my time doing any other business that is not the work of the Lord. And you wrote that down January of 2001. Yes. I have got to talk to you. What was going on in your life in these years prior to the moment that those words were penned? Wow. Wow. Um, Even as you read that, the Holy Spirit is just touching me. Um, um, So prior to that, um, my mom is a gourmet cook. My dad was in the uh, furniture restoration business. And uh, so they, my dad had always owned a business and uh, my mom was just a great cook. One of her gifts is, is that she can taste, um, she can go out to eat, taste every, all the ingredients and go home and embellish it and make it better. I love it. So, And being in the furniture restoration business, they would go out um, when I was a little boy and do antique shopping and that kind of thing and bring it into the shop and refinish them. But while they were out antique shopping, my dad loved beef jerky. So he would, they would go out and buy beef jerky, string cheese, diet soda, apples, and, uh, and do that. And my mom one day said to my dad, she says, you know, I can make that stuff better for you. And he <laughs> says, well, go ahead. <laughs> and so she did. And, uh, and the next thing you know, my dad started losing. Um, he lost a lot of weight, lost about 50 pounds eating beef jerky, apples, and soda because it takes um, three pounds of steak to make one pound of jerky. So when you drink something, it expands back into your stomach, and it's kind of a natural appetite depressant, right? Plus, what do we crave most when we're on diets? Protein. Right. So it solved that that issue. So um, fast forward, um, the sandpaper salesman walks in, call on my dad to take his next week's order, and uh, he just looks at my mom and says, Loretta, how much of that stuff can you make? And she says, well, why do you ask? And he says, well, I call on 100 guys like Norm. I can sell everything you make. So the next thing you know, Shay, we have over um, 50 of these little dehydrators in the garage that you can go down to Sears, Montgomery Wards, now Amazon, and buy. 
And uh, my mom is making about 800 pounds of steak turkey at home every single week, um, uh, up all nights, changing the ovens out and all that kind of good stuff. Wow. Um, the sandpaper salesman started making more money selling beef jerky on the side than he did his day <laughs> job of selling sandpaper. <laughs> For clarity, you did say sandpaper? Sandpaper, yes. Because remember, sandpaper. my dad was in the finishing business um, in restoring furniture and sand right. and, and preparation is part of that deal. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. So now he's selling more beef jerky than sandpaper. Yep, yep. So, um, so anyways, my mom says, you know, I... I I guess I got to buy meat cheaper. So there was a great Christian man that was her butcher um, down the street from the shop. And um, he says, you know, Loretta, why don't you, why don't we buy an oven, put an oven in here? You're doing this at home. Let's, let's do it right. And so they did, they bought a commercial oven, put it in the meat market. And, um, and then they, um, Cat Pendleton became their number one customer. And, um, and, they had this competition. Her number one flavor was hot and spicy. So on the weekends, the, the military guys would have competition. Who could eat the hottest and the most jerky? Yes. And um, the next thing you know, the state inspector comes in and says, you know, Loretta and Charlie, you guys are making more than you're allowed to make here under state inspection. Um, you've got to go USDA approved. And um, so Charlie looks at my mom and says, you know, I've got kids in college. The meat market is my business. This is what pays. I bless you. Go on and do what God's you know, called you to do. So the next thing you know, Shay, I joined the company. And um, um, through a very interesting story, I won't go into all of that. Um, but I just started doing the things that mom and dad didn't want to do. And one of the gifts I had was selling. I uh, When I was a little boy, they always said, you know, Leary, you could sell sand to the heirs because I was selling my mom's chocolate chip cookies in third grade. <laughs> and um, so this this goes back. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and so everybody knew I could sell, right? And um, and so I did. I just started selling, and the next thing you knew, I was I was selling more than they could make in this um, little USDA facility. Then I started running the company. Then I started going to banks. Then I started doing all of those things that uh, mom and dad didn't really know how to do. Um, um, and so it ended up really being a, a deal where mom was the cook and I was the, the, the business um, CEO running the business. And the next thing you know, we went from one facility to another facility to another facility, um, bought a company, ended up in 45,000 square feet, 250 employees, producing over 150,000 pounds of beef into jerky a week, um, 24 hours a day, six days a week under, U under to what the USDA calls total quality control, which is a very high standard that only probably 3% of the uh, uh, factories in the country have. Wow. And so, so there was one product and that was beef jerky and yep. all the many flavors of that. Yep. Yep. So how old, were, how old were you when you took over as CEO? Probably 21. Wow. Um, I left, I left a um, development firm. In fact, the guys um, kind of forced me out. Um, I went, I was selling landscape for these guys and making them a lot of money. And um, I was positioned to run the landscape business because they were, we were also going to launch a, uh, a construction company. And so uh, I came back one day telling them what I, you know, what I wanted to do for my parents. And uh, they came back, it was a Friday afternoon and, you know, everybody's drinking scotch and smoking cigars and, uh, and hot heads are flowing. And um, I come back Monday morning, they said, well, what do you decide? I go, what do you mean when you buy decide this? Well, we talked all weekend and you can't you can't work at your parents' place and work with us. You gotta choose one or the other. And I was stunned. I was stunned. And um 
So I just said, well, if that's how you guys feel, I'll, I'll be out within the hour. And I packed my bags and I left and they were shocked. My wife was shocked. And um, what are you going to do? And then I went to work with, I went and met my dad and I told him what I had just done. And he says, oh, that's not, uh, that could be a problem. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, we have debt on the house. We can't make the payment. They want to come take the house. Um, you know, we don't have any money to pay you. And I said, well, I tell you what, dad, just lie to me. I said, um, just tell me everything will be okay. I said, because if I have to go out and sell under pressure, I won't be myself. But just tell me everything will be okay and I'll sell more product than you can make. Wow. He at me and he said, um, okay, but just don't tell your mom what we're doing. And so, <laughs> so that's, what we, that's what we did. And that, that just kind of started that, that started that process of just uh, – selling it was it was interesting i had left this nice job that i was supposed to become the ceo in and um in three months i've sold more than they can do and shay i'm in the factory uh, up to my elbows and teriyaki and beef marinating this stuff and it's like yeah i didn't sign up for this job and uh, and that's when i knew i had to start running the business and uh wow so we get to that place where we have all these employees and and we've purchased a company to get the biz uh, to get the building and um, I've won Entrepreneur Awards now twice with Inc. Magazine, Merrill Lynch, Ernst & Young, recognized as an elite CEO. And um, um, all of a sudden, my mom and dad start praying, Lord, do whatever it takes to bring Lee Ray into a personal relationship with you. In this next segment, I want you to listen real closely. We hear where Lee Ray goes from making deals with the Lord to actually being all in for the Lord. I want you to ask yourself, how many times have you really just been making deals for the Lord or to the Lord for a better outcome than rather being all in for the Lord and living a sacrificial life? So listen how he tackles this and how it became to be for him, where he went from making deals uh, to being all in for the Lord. Years before, um, I had recognized that that there was this power, there was this authority that I just called God, not Jesus, not my Lord and Savior, that was really ruling and reigning this business. And it was a Monday night, I got down on my knees, and I and I didn't know it then. I thought I had accepted the Lord as my Savior, but I didn't learn until probably 10 years later when he said, no, you did not accept me as your Lord and Savior. You made a deal with me. Mm. And he said, the deal you made was you would acknowledge that it's me as long as I didn't take away your gifting and might as such. Wow. And um, so mom and dad start praying. I've won these awards. I'm building this kingdom under myself. Every couple of years, I buy a new 500 SL. I've got the custom house on the hill. I take um, elaborate vacations. I've got this, un this um, you know, expense account that has no end to it. Uh, and mom and dad are just like, no, 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 this is not what we signed up for, right? But this was the American dream. When I was born and raised in Orange County, California, my dad did business with wealthy people in Newport Beach my whole life. This was what I was supposed to do, right? And this was what I was supposed to achieve. So mom and dad start praying, Lord, do whatever it takes. Well, the Lord starts answering their prayer, and they start, he starts separating me from my first love, my wife, my children, and my businesses. And... Um, so um, I think it's Teresa and I having um, in our 15th year of marriage, we, we just celebrated our 38th year. 
Um, but in our 15th year, we're having all kinds of issues. And um, so I gift all of my stock back to my parents because I don't know that we're going to make it. Wow. And um, and I'm going to have to support everybody. So I, I, you know, if we don't make it, I'm not going to let her take the company. So um, so I do that. And and then I just we're, we're having a very difficult time. So I just, I just going to pour myself into the company. I'm just going to pour everything I've got into the company. And um, as soon as I make that decision, the Lord tells my parents to fire me. Ouch. <laughs> so, so they do. They walk in at 630 in the morning, which, and my dad's with my mom. Now we had retired my dad several years back to get on the senior tour. And um, so when he showed up, I knew there was a truck, there was some happening. And uh, my mom says, you know, the Lord has told us to fire you. And I said, well, that's interesting. I didn't hear that. (laughs) 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 And um, so sure enough, I just, you know, I went there with the heart, Shay. My heart always in the beginning was my parents gave me something I could never give back to them. And I had a gift and I had an ability that now I could be a blessing to mom and dad. And if that season had come to an end, I was okay with that. And um, so I honored them and I left. And um, we proceeded to lose everything. All the cars, all the houses, all the toys, put the, you know, our family back into a 1200 square foot house that we rented and um, um, just started spending time with the Lord. And um, I spent probably 18 hours a day with the Lord. And Before we go on, I want you to stop and take a self-assessment real quick. I want you to think about things that have been going on in your life right now and over the past maybe few months that is important to you. Things that um, have been happening in your business, in your life. And then I want you to look at it as why are those things going on in my life? And here's the thing, how the Lord uses those things to shape you. You're going to hear how God uses things that we value to shape our walk and to point us in a direction. And sometimes we can miss those if we're not in communication or in connection with the Lord. So I want you, as you listen to this next part, really kind of think about a self-assessment of what's been going on in your life. And is God trying to push you in a different direction? I went through a season, Shay, that I call old way, new way. And the Lord revealed himself to me through business because it was the thing that I understood. And my mom prior to that would come into my office, Shay, waving the Bible at me, shaking at me. You need to read this. This is how I want my company run. And I I remember telling her, I tried. I don't understand it. And um, so Holy Spirit started invading my life and I started understanding the word and he started recognizing, he started showing me, here's what you did. Here's what I want you to do. Wow. And so I call it old way, new way. And he just took business. He took what I was passionate about. I called business the greatest game in the world. And I love golf and football, but business was second to none. And um, and so it was probably about 18 months into it. I was in China doing some, consultants, um, some consultancy work um, with a, a company that had an exclusive on a product in the U.S., was a very, very bad experience. And I got on a plane early, came back home. And on that plane, I just told the Lord, I said, you know, I'm tired of telling people how to do it. I'm going to go back and do it myself. I've got you. I know how to do this. I'm living for you now. And now I'm going to go build this $100 million company I always dreamed to build. 
And um, so I get back. And at that time, I was in tech, which is now Vistage, a CEO group. And I called my chair and I said, um, Bob, I said, I'm going to go back and run a company. I said, do you, I said, I want to follow the model. I said, do you know a CEO that needs to promote themselves to chairman of the board and I'll build a company around their inventions? He says, we got the perfect guy. And so sure enough, met with him, um, had a couple of meetings. He said, let's do it. And the day I signed an ink deal, my mom called me. She hadn't <laughs> talked to me in 18 months. Wow. In 18 months. And she hadn't seen the grandkids in 18 months. And literally, Shay, the moment I get in the car, the phone rings and it's my mom from leaving the studio, shaking the man's hand, said, done, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and um, my mom comes and we had dinner and she proceeds to tell me how great everything is going. And, uh, and I ask a bunch of pointed financial questions. And the next thing you know, my mom is crying in the restaurant and says, they want me to file bankruptcy. You're the only one I know who can fix it. And um, they had lost 75% of the revenue while I was gone. And um, so I said, well, mom, I said, I'll come back under one condition. I said, God, family, and, and or God, uh, God, family, and business, and in that order. And my mom always had that order, but she had never heard me say it in that order. Yes. And so she said, done. And um, so I came back. And um, in the next 18 months, the company was in such bad shape. What I discovered was um, it's probably about probably about a month into it, and I realized that the Lord wasn't letting me fix the company. Mm. And um, and this is why I teach CEOs today is is that you know when the Lord is asking you to do something, it's regardless of the results because He could be achieving something that you have no idea, right? And and I tell them business it's never in business it's never about the money, it's never about the business, and it's never about the ministry. Right? It's about what the Lord is perfecting in us, which is him. And um, so I tell the Lord, I said, you know, Lord, you're not letting me fix the company. I said, you know, what did you bring me back for then? And I it's the first time I ever heard Holy Spirit laugh at me. And he just laughed and it sounded like it was going to last forever. <laughs> and he just laughs and he finally gets done laughing. And I hear him say, I don't need you to fix the company. Now I am weeping on my face, crying on the floor of my office and saying, Lord, forgive me for I am still so prideful. I learned they didn't bring me back to fix the company. He brought me back because I spent 18 months learning old way, new way. And now under the most extreme pressure, I mean extreme pressure, would I go back and do what I knew how to do? Or would I let Holy Spirit lead regardless of the results? Mm. And you started off this conversation, what led me to making that covenant with the Lord? Now, fast forward, that 18-month season had come to an end, and my mom and dad start praying again. And they said, Lord, we don't want the company anymore. It's become too much of a burden. Take the burden from us. Well, as my mom tells me, it was within just a few days, the bank got a judgment for one of our smallest line of credits to liquidate the company. And the um, receiver comes into the company with these big old chains and lots of locks, and they're going around the building locking everything up. And um, I tell the man, I said, um, give me 
just five minutes to pray. And he says, what do you mean? He says, we have authority. I said, I understand. I respect your authority. But I said, just give me just a few minutes to pray. That's my office. He said, well, I better not see you pick up the phone. And I said, it's all glass door. You can watch. And um, so I went in and I started praying, Shay. And I said, well, what, what is this? And is this how you're going to transfer the company to me, right? Because I'm thinking, I'm going to own it. My kids are going to own it. This is a legacy kind of business. And, um, and the Lord gave me a vision. And in the vision were two open hands. And in this hand was the company, and this hand was nothing. And I asked the Lord the smartest, or he said to me, he says, what do you want? And then I asked the Lord the smartest question I ever asked. I said, um, where are you? Mm. And he said, I'm no longer with the company. And I said, well, then either am I. Now, I don't know my mom and dad are praying this prayer, right? So I, I just, well, then neither am I. I walk out the door. I hand the receiver the keys. I said, you own yourself a beef jerky company. I said, um, there's several million dollars downstairs in inventory, and you'll never move it without me. I says, what can I do to help? He said, well, why would you do that? And I said, well, does it help my mom and dad? He says, yeah, it reduces debt. And I said, that's why I would do it. And um, so did that, and I was there for a week, and that was in December of 2000. And then that prayer that you see me pray, that covenant, I had, um, what is it, it's probably the middle of the year, middle of the month in January, the holidays are over, it's time to go back to work, I got to do something, it's time to go build this company, I've always dreamed, um, the Lord has, has me right where he wants. So I'm um, going to take a page out of mom and dad's book, and um, I said, Lord, I'm going to, whatever this company is, I'm going to dedicate it to you. And so I've already called my mom, and I said, I want to launch all the recipes we've had. She says, I'm not working, just send me a royalty check, I said, done. And um, so I'm, I'm in the process of dedicating this business I think I'm going to start to the Lord like mom and dad did. And I didn't tell you that. They had dedicated um, our business to the Lord with 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. And it says, instruct those who are rich in the world not to put their trust in their riches, but to put their trust in the Lord because he is the one who gives us all things to enjoy. When my mom read that, she named the company Enjoy Foods International. Well, from the story I just told you, you can see I became everything the scripture said not to be. <laughs> and then the Lord brought me into agreement with everything the scripture said to be. That's right. And um, so, so now I'm getting ready to dedicate this company. And, I, and then I decide I'm having that, that moment where I've tasted everything the world has to offer. Right. I don't need more of the same. I don't need, you know, bigger companies, more, more buildings, more cars, bigger houses. That's just more of all of the same of what I had. And it wasn't, it wasn't pleasing. It didn't, it didn't serve the Lord. And um, so I said, well, Lord, I'm going to go further than mom and dad. And I'm going to make a covenant with you. And that's where that covenant came from. And it was in that literally within moments of making that covenant, Shay, the Lord started giving me visions of CEOs and their faces and their companies. And I never started that company. The Lord had me birth windows of heaven to do what I do today. I, that was exactly what I was about to ask you. So the thing that you thought that you were then going to do, you never did. God gave you a vision for what you were doing today. Yes. And that, that came out of covenant. And that and, came out of covenant. Yep. That'll and, preach all by itself. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, because he says, you just made a covenant with me, an irrevocable covenant with me. My life is to do what I want to do. And I'm not going to use you to affect one company. I'm going to use you to affect millions of companies. 
So he gives me this vision of windows of heaven. And I remember I had a yellow, um, back in those days, it was a le- uh, yellow ledger um, pad in front of me. And I started drawing um, arrows. And I had this vision of money transferring from the world into the kingdom. And then the next thing I knew, it was transferring from businesses. Then the next thing I knew that the amount of money, which was massive, I had seen pyramids um, all positioned around the globe with pyramids of cash from earth into the heavens. Mm. It was more money than I had ever imagined. And I was I was on a board of a very large ministry uh, trying to bring revival into the Inland Empire, the largest county in the United States here in California, with 200 or probably almost three or 400 churches back then. And there's 15 of us on the board, and I'm the only business guy. All, all of them are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, you know. And um, um, I tell the Lord, I said, Lord, that's more money than I've ever even imagined. I don't know enough ministries to give it to him. Now, I was part of a really large ministry, right? And it was even, it exceeded that. And then the Lord showed me, he says, no, that is only my corporation's first fruit tithes and offerings. <laughs> so all of the money I saw were only corporations, first yes. fruit tithes and offerings. Yes. So imagine how big those companies are if that was more money than I'd ever seen in storehouses. That's right. That's a very yeah. prophetic message for business owners that, they just don't fully understand yet what God has planned for them, right? If it's all about Christ. Yes. And um, so I, I go out and I start um, sharing this vision with, with business owners. And um, so shortly on, I come back to the Lord and I said, Lord, you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, what's the problem? <laughs> and I said, everybody loves your vision, but nobody's writing a check. And then I hear him giggle again at me. He says, well, you kind of make them disciples before they'll honor me. I said, well, how do you do that? I'm a business guy. And um, all he said was to me, he said, well, how did I do it in your life? And then I'm thinking, yeah, it would have been really good to know this about 15 years ago so I could have journaled my journey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, where's the process? Now I have to go back and and try to document this process. Old way, new way. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's kind of what started to birth that. And then being a business guy who God has called to be um, an overseer of a storehouse, his storehouse, you can imagine the the change that needed to take place in me because Shay, I had to lo- I was one of those people. Not everybody has to do go through the process that I do, but it was it was how arrogant and how prideful I was. I knew that if God left me a penny, I could make a million dollars out of it. So I had to lose everything. So how can a guy like that be an overseer to a kingdom righteous storehouse to serve the Lord? So over the years I learned Remember, the Lord said, well, how have I done it in your life? Right. So the first 15 years was learning how to shepherd, spiritually mentor business owners. Right. And then I think it was around 2014 that I heard the Lord say, document what I've given you. And so what the Lord has given me, Shay, is a blueprint, a four phase blueprint of building the body of Christ up into the holy temple, the Lord, a dwelling place for him in the spirit, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 there. I've written out the blueprint, I've refined it over the years and and put all of that together. Well, the first module was phase one, authentic disciple. And so another time the Lord told me to build an army. And I said, well, Lord, 
how do you build an army? You know, I'm not a military guy. I've never had any experience. You know, how do you do that? And he says, the first thing you need to do is you need to enlist my people. So I came to the understanding that module one was the enlisting document. Yes. Following my life, right? Define what an authentic disciple is. So we define it. Then we give them how does that, how do you live that out in communion with the Holy Spirit? What is give them a little taste of what that might look like in business, speaking to them and their calling, right? In business. And then we lead them that that module concludes with making a covenant. Right? Now everything shifts. Yeah. Just like in my life, right? Yes. And, um, so now we lead them into module two, which is authentic kingdom company. Um, and halfway through module two, we lead them to consecrate the company, come into agreement that Jesus is Lord of all and that this company belongs to him. So now they do that. Now, the second half of the module is dedicated to, sh- uh, to what I call a spiritual transformation plan. The spiritual transformation plan, not only on a community level of a company, right? A company is the ecclesia, two or more gathered together, right? That's a business assembly advancing the kingdom of Christ in business by doing business. And, and the Lord has a mission that goes far beyond your individual life as a disciple, far beyond that community, but now your city, your county, your state, and country. And how did that, how do you link with others in the body of Christ to do that globally? Yes. Right? So we lay out that whole blueprint plan. It's all documented. Um, but why covenant? Why remind me? Why covenant and why com- company consecration? Because if they don't do that, Shay, my experience is they think they have a choice. <laughs> right? Yes. They think they have a choice. Well, my family's more important. My kids are more important. The business is more important. Everything um, gets exalted before Christ. Yes. And, and so now I can't tell you how many times a business owner calls and is struggling with an issue or, or on the wrong path. And I've got a folder on my desktop that says CEO covenants and consecrations. And I just open it up, Shay, and I just read them their own words. Wow. I just read them their own words. And, uh, and, and the thing I hear a lot, wow, that's convicting. I said, those are your own words, brother or sister, right? Those are your own words. You know, now that we're back to covenant, now that we're back to consecration, let's talk about now what it's supposed to look like. What that does when you're walking them through that process, the covenant, the consecration, you're always able to take them right back to where it needs to be. See, you know, you've been mentoring people for a long time. And we can get we can get into debates of theology, right? Or we can get into debates with that. That's Old Testament or New Testament. That doesn't matter. You know, that isn't for business. That doesn't mean in business. And so what this does is it removes that and it brings them back according to their own faith in God's word. And I'm okay with meeting them right there because we also have mutual agreements of what is defined, right? What is an authentic disciple and what is is an authentic human company, right? And so now we eliminate... The um, the opinions, the emotions, their uh, their you know whatever serves their purpose in that matter. That's so good. I've- Coming up, Leary talks about the twelve year mark, where he has made a change and he made a covenant to the Lord, and he started Windows of Heaven, 
And at the 12-year mark, he hits a spot that's very difficult for him. And we all hit those spots. But one of the things we can get caught up in is our own timing rather than God's. And listen to how Lee Ray takes on this tough spot and where he gets in and gets his strength from. And it goes back to his covenant with the Lord. When you make a covenant, you have something to go back to. You have something to stand on. And that will get you through some of the rough times. But also prayer. Listen in intently and just be asking yourself questions. If you're going through a struggling time right now, what do I need to do uh, with my relationship with the Lord? And where should I be looking? I'm curious about, I want to go back to something you said earlier. Because whenever God gives us these visions, and then we're walking those things out, and you were talking about how it was kind of a strain at different times, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, you're, you're thinking, okay, financially, what's going on? You know, how, how are we walking this out? But yet God continues to confirm over and over and over again, even yeah. through those difficult times that you're experiencing that keeps you kind of moving ahead. Tell me about some of your favorite points of breakthrough along this journey that you've experienced, just kind of when the persever- you're, you're persevering, you're persevering, you're persevering, and then a moment of breakthrough happens. So the, so it's year 12, it's the summer of year 12, right? Year 12, year of completion, um, nothing, there is just no money coming in. No business owner is giving any offerings, right? This storehouse is to, to shepherd them and it's where the storehouse is for their company. Right. And, and, and those people. So I remember I'm sitting in church. It's summer of two, uh, the 12th year. And I'm telling the Lord, I'm having this private conversation. Um, Lord, I cannot put Teresa through this anymore. If by the end of this year, you're not providing, I, I just have to go back to business. I gave it my best shot, Lord. I went 12 years. I, I lived it out. Um, I, I must, I maybe, I don't think I missed it, but I, I, I just can't do this to her anymore, Lord. I just can't do it. And um, so the pastor has this lady get up to give a testimony at church. And it's this young lady who's probably 27, just got married um, um, probably the year or two before that. Her and her husband could not have children. Well, the pastor had prophesied over her that they were going to have a baby within, within, a week or two, they were pregnant after this prophecy. And um, so the pastor privately came in and said, hey, what I didn't share with you publicly is this is going to be a very difficult pregnancy, but don't lose heart. You will have this baby. Well, the lady spent six months of her nine months in the hospital in Cedar Sinai. She was known as the lady that was going to die because she would not abort the baby. Wow. She ended up getting a tumor. And if she, they take out the tumor, they kill the baby. If they don't take out the tumor, it's going to kill her. And so she just kept saying, no, no, no. God said, I'm going to have this child. He will deliver me. And um, so long story short, she, the Lord does. An amazing miracle. I don't know how many people in that hospital came to know the Lord through this miracle. Um, well, she's up there giving the testimony. And I'm having this private conversation with the Lord. And all of a sudden, I fall into a trance and I'm exported back to my desk the day the Lord, I'm writing the vision down on the yellow pad. All of a sudden, I'm now brought back into the church. She's wrapping up her story and she, Holy Spirit is falling in the church. 
It is about one of the most thickest moments I've ever been part of. Faith was arising. It was unbelievable. And then I heard the Lord say with his finger pointing at her, that's the kind of unrelentless faith I want you to have for the original vision I gave you. I never, from that moment on, never ever questioned the vision, never questioned the calling. And um, uh, so that was one of the personal moments that um, was, um, that moment probably was more powerful than the day I received the original vision. So um, um, probably one of the most uh, more powerful personal encounters I've had with the Lord. And because uh, it just incorporates so many things, spiritual yes. you know, things happening. Um, so one of the things the Lord dealt with me and my wife on was our house. And, you know, home is, is, a, is a woman's security blanket, her place where it's our retreat. It's our place we, you know, it's that safety place that you go and, and, and find rest and peace. And uh, we're in the second time where the Lord wants, uh, where we believe the Lord is going to take the house. And so now this is the second, this is, we're in the process. What I don't know is a miracle and I'm um, coming. And um, so we've left church. We've come home. She's going to Chicago on a business trip. She's packing her bags. And um, we have a letter from the bank that says we've exhausted every modification possible. And um, um, you, your eviction starts today. Right. You've got X amount of days to get out of the house. Right. And um, so she's just in tears and she looks at me. Um, she's down on the floor, packing the bag in the, in our, in the master bedroom. And she says, um, this, is, this is maybe year 14. And so she says, so you're telling me that I have absolutely nothing to say about what you do for a living. I said, wow. that's exactly what I'm telling you. I said, I've decided to honor Jesus Christ over you and you should do the same over me. And she says, well, what is your plan B? I said, there's no plan B. With Jesus, plan A always works out. And then she just looked at me. Now, mind you, she was very furious at this time. She just looked at me with these piercing eyes and says, well, how is that working out for you right now? Holding the letter, right? I walked out of the room, Shay. I went into the other bedroom, closed the door, started praying the spirit. I said, Lord, you better help me. You better help me with that woman. You better help me. <laughs> <laughs> this wife you blessed me with. That's right. I need you to fix this one. That's right. <laughs> so we don't talk. We we literally have to stay away because this is probably one of the most heated moments we've ever had in our marriage. And um and so I have to take her to LAX the next day. We don't talk. I drop her off. I get the bags. No hug and kiss. Thank you, God. She's gone for a week. Thank you, God. I'm away from him for a week, right? And um, and we just move on. And um, so I come home, and I believe it's probably Wednesday afternoon. She's left Sunday or Monday morning. And so it's either Wednesday or Thursday afternoon, there is a Federal Express package on the front door. Well, this is normal in those days, and it's usually from the bank, another notice, right? And I'm thinking, well, what else can they do to me? And Shay, I open up the envelope, and it is filled with documents that is a loan modification. Now, mind you, I've just made a declaration on Sunday afternoon that plan A with Jesus Christ always works out. You don't need plan B. And uh, we've got a loan modification sitting in my hands that is way better than anything they denied. 
And so I text my wife. I said, um, I said, you have loan docs to sign when you get home. I said, God produced a miracle. She said, well, how did that happen? I said, Jesus, plan A. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So. Oh, my goodness. The faithfulness of God and the journey. Yeah, so not only has that affected her, but I have, you can imagine with the sphere of influence of business owners, I have um, uh, some pretty wealthy and successful friends around me. And um, in Christians, and they were all doubting me. A lot of them were doubting me. And, and one pastor kind of put it this way: He says, "Leroy, how you live is either black or white. You're either way on or you're way off." What he says, and I'm glad God's showing and proving you're way on. So um, one of my friends is um, um, husband and wife. They're uh, uh, in the real estate business, and the wife has um, probably been one of the most critical people of me. And um, she looked at her husband one day, it was about Christmas time, and she says, hey, would it be okay if I take Leroy to lunch without you? And um, he said, sure, absolutely. So we got to lunch, and she uh, proceeded to apologize to me. She says, I have um, been very critical of you. I have judged you, and I have um, judged you wrong. She says, in fact, because of how you have lived your life, and because of the miracles that God has produced in your life, especially as it relates to real estate and the business I'm in, your walk has strengthened my faith, right? So we don't know, we don't know what God is doing with those who are observing what's happening in our lives. And, okay. you know, um, when you make a covenant, you're allowing God to put you on that altar every single day. And I remember at one point I asked the Lord, I said, well, why do you keep doing that to me? And he said, because you said I could use you. <laughs> right so we have no idea what the lord is doing in our life to actually affect somebody like my friend's wife who would have never believed what i without seeing the sign of of it happening especially in her industry yeah yeah that's so good and let me ask you this before we close because a lot of people will hear this and think man wow this thing can be kind of complicated with the spouse, you know, how do we, how do we walk this out? You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling like the Lord's leading me in this area and, you know, I'm not sure. I like that. I'm trying to persevere, but it seems like it's creating this friction. And I'm curious to know, was it just a series of, uh, in your case, was it a series of seeing God move that brought you to, to a point of being on the same page as it relates to walking out this vision? Was it, was it in the fruit of seeing God's movement or was there something that just happened uh, just in each of your hearts? Like, how did you guys get to a point that you two were on the same page as it relates to the vision that God's placed? Well, I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you what my perception was with Teresa um, and where I think she's at today. Um, you know, early on, she said, you know, I've always supported you. And then I said, no, sweetheart. You, I said, you never supported me. You tolerated me. And I said, there's a difference, <laughs> right? Um, I think in our case, where we're completely different, we, didn't, we don't agree on a lot of things. Um, but the one thing that we did agree on one time, one time, one time. And, um, right? And so God used that to keep us anchored together. But in my case, Shay, I always prayed. I said, Lord, you, she didn't sign up for this. 
and you, you've, you've got to keep her, right? I said, she, you've got to keep her in this. And the Lord, for me, in my case, kept showing me, he says, as long as you keep exalting me and glorifying me, I will cause others to glorify and exalt you. And so that's what I kept doing is all I could keep doing was just holding on to the Lord and trusting him for her. Yeah. For her and the things that I've heard her share is sometimes people come into faith because of somebody else's faith. And at some point they start to own their own faith. Right. And my wife grew up as Catholic. And uh, went to Catholic school and all of that. So when she married me, I mean, she knew more about the Bible and faith and all of that way more than I did. Um, But she started watching year after year after year, as tough as it was, God kept honoring me. And at some point, you have to sit back and say, well, there must be something to the way this guy's living because God just keeps showing up. And um, so I think that that's how she kind of started shifting and changing. And then, um, then all of a sudden, the Lord did start to provide. Then the Lord did give me a paycheck and, and continued with the paycheck. And the things that I told her years ahead were starting to happen. Um, this fear of influence was coming back. Um, you know, our life started to look a little bit normal, like around business people, right? Uh, um, you know, I didn't have to say, no, we can't go to dinner with you because I didn't want them to pay, right? right. Um, kind of thing. And uh, and so just little things like that, right? Uh, you know, maybe once a month I could go to the movies, right? Once a month, maybe I could take her out to dinner, things we used to take for granted, you know, and do almost every day. Um, and it was just things like that where she started to see, wow, everything he said is, it's happening, it's, it's there. Um, and now today she doesn't tolerate, she supports, I mean, literally last night, um, she came home from, you know, working all day at her office and making modifications in the learning management software system that we have that I needed and, um, you know, and things. And so, um, for me, you know, always dreaming that she would be by my side and, and helping me and working with me, um, uh, and you saw actually, actually, you were part of the, the, of that meeting in Denver where there was a huge shift that the Lord wanted us to stop because we can, you know, when we work together, it's magical. But if we're not on the same page, it's, uh, it's as ugly as it gets, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we've always been a little bit of afraid, right, and to come together. And, and I think the Lord, right there, I mean, you were sitting right next to her when that happened. I That's mean, right. we had a divine encounter by God That's saying, right. stop saying that. You guys are awesome together because I've made you awesome together, right? right? And stop making room for the tongue to bring life in an area that I'm not bringing life into, right? So, 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 so good. Yeah, I forgot about that. You were right there when I was was sitting right there. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so so good. Ah, thank you so much for sharing. Tell people how do they get connected with what you're doing. Um, just um, Jesus Christ CEO Institute, jccos.com. So now comes the time to ask yourself, what are you chasing? What are you going after? What are you looking for? As you heard for Lee Ray and a couple things, the question he finally asked, where are you, Lord? Are you here or are you there? 
because I want to go where you are. The thing of this world don't lead to happiness. Don't lead to the things that are fulfilling, but only the Lord does. So if you're ready to make that change, if you're ready to do something different, if that hole in your heart, you know, deep down is not being fed, not being met by the next car, the next relationship, the next house, the next jet, whatever it might be, then you owe it to yourself to sign up, to look into Jesus Christ CEOs, because this will change your life. And this will be the whole filler in your life. You have just heard from a business owner who is all in with living in covenant with Jesus Christ and has consecrated their business to his work. Business owners desiring to take their lives and company in deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit can take the first step by enrolling at jcceos.com. Thank you for listening. The All In Podcast is a recruiting ministry of the Jesus Christ CEO Institute. God bless you and see you soon.